In this edition of the Cougar Insiders Podcast, we're going to talk recruiting. We're going to talk about BYU's basketball season. We're going to break down the decision to extend Kalani Sataki's contract. Should it be right now, or should they wait to the end of a very tough schedule next season? We'll also talk about Zach Wilson and some things that people have to say about him and his abilities. That and much more in this edition of the Cougar Insiders Podcast. Welcome to Cougar Insiders Podcast. I'm Dick Harmon, columnist for Deseret News, along with beat writers Jeff Call and Brandon Gurney. We're coming to you from Thanksgiving Point, and we're talking BYU sports. This podcast is brought to you by the Salt Lake Stallions. This is a professional football team. It'll be in town beginning in uh, February. Their season starts. You can get ticket information at saltlakestallions.com or call 833-223-2019. And gentlemen, a new year. A new basketball season has started. Preseason is over with. Jeff Call, you're going on the road to cover these Cougars. Do they have a chance of doing anything different than we've seen them do in preseason or previous years? Well, I think uh, based on what they've done, they're on a three-game losing streak right now. Um, Poor defense, a lot of turnovers, not very good three-point shooting. That's kind of the pattern they've set this year. Why? I don't know why. I wish I knew why. Um, I Does think, Dave Rose know why? I don't think he knows why. Um, you know, we met with uh, with Dave and some of the players yesterday, and, and they've had some spirited practices and are trying to, you know, circle their wagons again. Um, they did show earlier this season that they could snap out of a three-game losing streak, but they did that at home. Now they're going on the road against uh, a Pacific team to start out that's uh, improved. And then they got to play the old nemesis uh, at St. Mary's. So you look at it and you think, man, there's a good chance they could come home with a losing record in the WCC and a losing record overall, which under Dave Rose just isn't, hasn't happened. And so I don't know what the funk is for this team, why they're, why they're not reaching their potential, because they've got the players to certainly have a better record than they have now. But uh, talking to him yesterday, this is a chance for a fresh start. I mean, they look at it that they're – they're zero and zero, and uh, it's time to to put things together. Let's see if we think they can do that. How do you think they'll do on this road trip, knowing that they've just come lost the last three? Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, Pacific has given BYU problems out there in Stockton last year. They lost uh, a really close game on the road. If you remember, I think uh, Zach Selyus had a chance to either tie or win the game late, and the shot didn't fall. Uh, and then St. Mary's, we all know about St. Mary's. BYU's only won once in the years they've been in the West Coast Conference uh, there in Moraga. So it's, it's going to be tough. It's a tough way to start. And Dave Rose mentioned yesterday that the conference didn't do BYU any favors by having two road games to start the conference schedule, especially considering this team has not played at home since December 12th. I mean, wow. it's like almost a month that they've been just on the road. And now they start WCC play on the road. Well, this is, I think, the worst preseason record that BYU's had in probably four or five years. So... This, this this is a watermark uh, thing to overcome. Brandon Gurney, what's the most positive thing that we can say about BYU's basketball team after the last six weeks? That they consistently give the unexpected. So now that everyone expects them to go down the, <laughs> I don't know, go down the hole or whatever, they might turn it around. Who knows? Maybe. I, that's all I got, Dick. I, I, I struggle. I, I really believe there's a lack of talent on this team. I mean, you look at guys like Yoli Childs and T.J. Childs. Yeah, fine. 
they're fine, right? But then after that, just sheer hardness, he's fine. But is he really a guy that should be maybe a third option? No. Zach Selyus really hasn't developed since he, he became a freshman. And Connor Harding, I thought that was the guy who was going to see a lot of upper mobility. He's really struggled against the more athletic teams that BYU's played recently, where he's just kind of been a non-factor. You saw him. Um, him not play hardly at all in the second half against Mississippi State just just because he kind of he, he's kind of struggled with that I, and he's a freshman I still I still think he can be good but I, I think there's a talent problem on this team I, I Nick Emery I, I mean it's hard to assign any expectations to him just with what he's been through but he struggled as well he hasn't provided the impact that maybe we thought we would in that first big game back I was like yeah he's going to fit right in that that hasn't really happened so I. I I just struggled looking at this roster to find impact guys, especially from the young class. Gavin Baxter, I I mean, he's nowhere near being ready to contribute on a consistent basis. I still like his potential, but I really think there's a lack of talent on this team. Um, true or false, Brandon? Um, BYU has more ESPN top 300 players on this roster than anybody in the league except Gonzaga. True or false? Oh, that. It's true, but man, assigning that to a recruiting ranking, I mean, that goes away once they come, and maybe it's a lack of development. And I've always wondered with these in-state guys, I mean, AAU basketball is really good in-state. They really do a very good job developing these guys, and, and maybe they topped out. Maybe they pretty much topped out. These guys were phenomenal in high school, and you really haven't seen that upward mobility. And, and I think Zach Selius is kind of the poster boy for that. I, uh, freshman year, yeah, he's going to be really good, and he hasn't really taken that next step and I also wonder about the motivation of this team I think playing in the West Coast Conference is a big big thing I think it's a big detriment I really do I I have to wonder if guys like Eric Mika stick around if if they played in a better conference Uh, not, not to mention Eli Bryant I, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to assign that. There's a lot of varying factors. But when a team's doing what BYU has, where it's just kind of, eh, you, you wonder about motivation. I've always wondered about motiv- motivation with this BYU team because they're playing in high school gyms against teams that don't really hate them. There's not really any atmosphere. It's just, I mean, what's the difference between going to Pacific and Pepperdine or uh, San Diego? I mean, no, well, the weather's I, pretty good though. Yeah, the beaches are nice. Yeah, yeah that's nice. The restaurants are great. That's nice, but hotel rates are really high. I don't know. I think you question everything because it's pretty uninspired <laughs> uh, basketball that we're seeing, and maybe they will turn it around. We'll see. Well, this week, uh, this past week, and we had an opportunity to write a column about uh, Kalani Sataki. It's really kind of a tenuous time for BYU football. Do they sign him uh, to an extension of his contract, which is ending in twelve months, or do they? Um, do they just let it play out and see where it goes? I think recruiting right now is really important to send a signal to recruits that he's going to be around for a while. And, and I don't know that you bring in anybody that's going to have to, you know, going to be up and running with much different having BYU's political uh, cobweb, uh, you know, that's spread across the landscape when it comes to the honor code, with the admissions, with uh, getting people into school, academic requirements, all these landmines that Kalani has has been trying to uh, move his way through, and Bronco Mendenhall did. It was not easy for him. It was very hard and frustrating for him to bring in a new guy and have to 
do that. But there are recruits out there that he signed two years ago on missions, at least four of them, that are very committed to Kalani Sataki. If they don't re-up him and they don't think he's coming back, those guys don't show up. You just signed a recruiting class. It was pretty decent. It wasn't great. It was pretty good. But how many of those guys, after missions, would come back knowing if Kalani Sataki was not there? He was recruited to be a recruiter. He's identified kids through the 8th grade, ninth grade, 12th grade that have they've either signed or they've gone to Alabama, Washington, Stanford, or Southern Cal or Utah, but he's identified them. He's been able to recruit them, and it's been harder than a lot of people thought, but he was signed to be a recruiter. Jeff Call, good idea to do it right now or to wait out the season. A very, very tough scheduled season, and then do it at the end of that. Yeah, I, I think it's important that BYU move on this now if that's what they want to do because, um, you know, from talking to Tom Homo, or emailing him, I guess, a couple weeks ago. I mean, Tom has, or Kalani has Tom's support, and he's behind Kalani. So why not just, you know, make it official and more public and, and send that message to recruits and to fans that, you know, Kalani's the man, and we're going to, you know, we're fully behind him, and we're going to move to the future. I think, uh, and I, I liked your column, Dick. I think you made some great points about, because you can argue the side that, you know, BYU is, has been mediocre in three years overall under Kalani Sataki. They haven't won a lot of home games. In fact, they've struggled at home for reasons I don't understand. But, um, again, you look at the the full body of work and what the, the things that Kalani's had to go through to understand this job, I think that's really uh, something that's underestimated because BYU, as you know, is a unique job. I mean, it's different from any other job out there, what coaches are expected to do, what is required of them. And now with three seasons, Kalani has identified – those potential problems. I think he's learned a lot about the job and how to do it. So now he's in a position where you got to think that moving forward, he, he gets some things and he's going to uh, eliminate a lot of mistakes and maybe things that rookie mistakes that he may have made early on. So yeah, it's time to say, okay, Kalani, you're our man. I mean, especially coming off that bowl win. Um, you know, there's a lot of optimism now that wasn't there earlier. And so, yeah, that's, it's time for BYU to move on this. Brandon Gurney, BYU does not hire experienced coaches and bring them in. They don't do that. Head coaches at other places that have been successful head coaches, they do not hire those kind of people. They did hire Gary Croton, who was at the Louisiana Tech and had been with the Chicago Bears. But Lavelle Edwards was elevated defensive coordinator. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall was an elevated defensive coordinator. And you have Kalani Sataki, who was a defensive coordinator at Utah and, uh, and, and Oregon State. They always try to catch people on the upswing and develop them. And uh, is this a time to let him develop to see what he can be because I don't think they're going to go hire an experienced head coach Lance people say Lance Anderson at uh, um, Stanford but he's never been a head coach before Daryl Bevel they, they mention his name that crops up but where is the experienced head coach they, they've tried to hire Kyle Whittingham three times and he's declined but who are they going to hire that's a head coach that's going to come to BYU and put up with some security officer putting a boot on his tire when he's parked in the wrong spot? And the other things he has to put up with the board, messages uh, that people you know hammer him with. What should they be doing right now with Kalani Sataki? Waiting and see if they, he's okay and let him go or re-sign him now? 
You make a really good argument, Dick, and, and I'm not opposed with that at all because you look at his body of work. Yeah, big thud in 2017. Everyone knows that. But I maintain he's made the right moves every step of the way since then. He got rid of some guys on staff that really shouldn't have been there, and, and I, I'm a believer in this offensive staff. We have people point out the numbers and how they're not significantly better than Detmers, but, but I challenge any of those fans to just really think – Really? Are, are you saying Ty Detmer's offense was better than what you saw this year, especially the way it closed? No. I, I believe that this offensive staff's talented. I think there's a lot of uh, good minds there, uh, developing minds. It was Jeff Grimes' first year as an offensive coordinator. If they can keep A-Rod on staff and, and, and all that together, I, I really like where this offense is going. And you look at the class level of, of what they were playing, wow. Yeah, they did well. Relatively well, and, and I think you, there's a lot of upper momentum. I, I I think the progression we saw in the in the in the bowl game I think is something very tangible and something very notable of what might come in the future. And yeah, there's a lot of momentum within the program right now, which is something we haven't said for a long time with BYU football. Real quick, I want to get your reaction to this email that I received. I won't mention the guy's name because I haven't asked his permission, but the things that he has is per- worth getting your comment on. Uh, he writes, I sincerely wish there was more balanced reporting for BYU Sports at the Deseret News. And I'm saying this as a fan. Seriously, Sataki, a contract extension? You neglected to mention the offensive stats, which ended up very similar to Detmer's. The idea for extensions are to reward successful coaches and or try to keep them. Sataki nor his coaching staff are, going, are not going anywhere. Um, terrible showings with Utah, Utah State, Northern Illinois, who lost to UAB in their bowl game, and Boise State, and uh, two more wins against very beatable UMass and New Mexico State are not reasons to extend. I know you really like Tom Homo and Sataki, but I wish writers would keep personal feelings out of their articles and uh, write more balanced stuff. This is why journalism has changed significantly over the years. Sataki still needs to prove himself. He's 20 and 19. Many of his losses were very winnable games. I'd encourage, though I'm not sure it'll be ignored, you and Mr. Call, that's you, and Mr. Gurney, you, to write more balanced articles, even if it goes against your friendships with uh, Homo and Sataki or whomever. That seems to be true journalism to be able to do that. Uh, Brandon Gurney, let's have you go first. We don't offer opinion articles. I mean, my boss right here doesn't let us do that. You're kind of the guy there, Dick. So why isn't that, why is it directed to me and Jeff? I mean, come on. Leave us alone. <laughs> Seriously. Well, oh. well I, you know what? Um, I, I guess I get what he's saying, but do you know how many times I wrote the word abysmal or dismal <laughs> last year? Over and over and over again about certain wins, about the record, about performance. I mean, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I think we were fair in criticizing BYU when uh, when things went bad. and um, But, you know, I think fans also – they want to see, they they want to see things that maybe you would say on a message board or something like that, and and whatever. But I don't know. I you know I, he makes some good points. I mean, we and we talked about earlier. Kalani um, has had a very bad record against the rivals, and that matters. He's got to turn that around somehow, and he's got to do that soon. Um, but on the other hand, I do think that you got to put into context what Kalani's trying to do, the changes he's made, the unique climate and atmosphere that he's coaching in right now and he just needs some time to sort things out and and 
play, let it play out, see how he does. He he doesn't make a bad argument. It, I, I, a lot of his points, but he loses me when when he starts talking about how chummy we are with Homo. No one's chummy with Homo. He, he does email interviews. You don't talk to him. I mean, Kalani, sure, but Homo, really? No. I, I, anyway, that that was kind of unfortunate, well, I, but I don't totally disagree. I want to thank him. I won't mention his name, but thank him for the feedback. The one thing I, in covering BYU football and basketball for 44 years, I will tell you this, BYU fans are very passionate, and BYU is very fortunate to have the passionate yeah. fans that they do. They show up, they travel well, they buy tickets, they, they support. In this market, I will say that the, the, the thing that moves the needle in this market, whether it be broadcast, whether it be radio, TV, um, the newsprint, the internet, is BYU. Bbyu fans care about their product and I want to thank him for his feedback I, I think he's got a few yeah. points there and uh, and I want to say that uh, this this podcast is brought to you by the Salt Lake stallions you can get more information at saltlakestallions.com uh, you can call 833-223-2019 uh, Brandon Gurney let's go to the message boards what's out there in cyberspace well one thing that was notable I, I, I wanted to get a unique aspect because it's uh, um, and, and what what was interesting to me is is fans watching the Rose Bowl. Ty Jones, um, and they mentioned he's from Provo. What guy from Provo, Utah? Well, why why isn't he at BYU? Right, and 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 each recruit has their own story and all that. But I covered Ty Jones. BYU was never in the picture with that kid, and maybe it was the wrong time and whatnot. But it, it, it's just a theme that I, I've been drumming on for a while now. Is BYU's got to get a foothold in state where these kids like Ty Jones, who's not LDS, but he went to Provo High School which is literally right right across the street. Well, it used to be right across the street from BYU. You'd like to see them at least be in play for these guys. We're in-state guys that are always looking at BYU, no matter what. And, and I think with this new offense, with what Zach Wilson's doing, you might see some mobility with that. And, because an offensive receiver just in past years is like, really, BYU? It's not really a, a place where you'd even consider. But but you want to see BYU rise to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, I remember Ty Jones. He was really interested, but we just missed out at least, at least to that. But but where fans are just – and fans are casual and whatnot, but, but where they don't even know who the kid is because he gave BYU no interest. You want to see BYU kind of move beyond that. And, and BYU was absolutely there when I started covering recruiting about 15 years ago. Well, you mentioned uh, the impact of Zach Wilson in this program. And I've said many, many times, and you guys have heard me, the one thing that makes BYU work is to have a quarterback that is talented enough to pass and overcome all the obstacles of an opponent and their defense with speed and size of other things. You see that in Zach Wilson. I had an opportunity before the season began to talk to three experts who train quarterbacks, and uh, they gave me a preview of of what they thought would happen with Zach Wilson. I wrote a column that will be coming out in the next uh, few hours about that, and about their projections about what happened. Uh, one of these guys, Riley Jensen, who is a member of the Hall of Fame at Snow College, a former uh, Utah State and BYU quarterback, and uh, works with Alta High School, he had this to say. I mean, I think I think with Zach, the thing the thing that I've always thought is that he walks like a talk, he walks like a quarterback, talks like a quarterback, acts like a quarterback. If he's not the starter at the beginning of the year, he'll be a starter at BYU. And I didn't know whether that'd be during this season or in the future, but that he was going to be a big time quarterback. I actually think that he has a, even more upside because I don't think they've really unleashed him at all. I've spoken to a lot of people who've talked about how like they haven't really let him do much at all, and you know, in the Boise game. It was a real simple passing game package, and I don't I don't know if that's a, a cut to the coaches or not. But I, I mean, I 
I feel like they finally trust him, and it's just going to get better. I don't know if he was ready or not. I feel like he was, but to me, the sky's the limit. And, I, you know, I tweeted out, I don't care who you are. I don't care what the competition is. You go 18 for 18 in a football game, you're doing something right. And it doesn't matter whether you're playing against, you know, it's still a 1984 phrase, Bo Diddley Tech. I mean, there's there's high school quarterback. I mean, I'm sure he didn't go 18 for 18 in high school in any game. It's not easy to do what he did at all. If they keep putting pieces around him, you know, I, I think the freshman class at BYU is really good. You know, I guess what would be the sophomore class now, right? Yeah. If they, if they follow that up with another good class, I mean, and you, you give him some weapons, it's going to be – can be even better, and I, I, you know, I don't even think they're using Down Holker, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just a side note. But yeah, I, I, I believe that too. Yeah. I mean, when they when they recruited him, Ed Larson told him, he goes, "Look, dude, you don't want to put this guy's hand in the ground and turn him into a blocker. I want this guy in the slot because he's a matchup nightmare. And if they start figuring that out, I think, I think, I don't know. I Zach's a really good quarterback. He's always been super respectful." And super coachable, so it's it's kind of fun. I'm really, I guess the last thing I would say about Zach is I'm really rooting for the Cam Coopers and the Zach Wilsons of the world to do really well because I think there's been really good quarterbacks in the state of Utah for a long time. Just nobody's gone to the next level and really shown it yet. And if these two guys, if those two guys can show it, then I think it'll open up the doors to a lot of people recruiting the state of Utah. Obviously, BYU, Utah, and Utah State will have an opportunity to get the ones that they want, but I think other other teams will be in here trying to find out what the secret sauce is because there's some good quarterbacks here. Okay, Jeff Call, let's have the rest of the story. What have you got for us? Well, um, I took a little bit of time off after the bowl game. Um, no. I did, yeah, I admit All I, those hours you work, all that traveling, <laughs> all the hundreds of miles well, they were you seeing your the Mississippi wife. State yes. game, Jeff. Ken, Ken was gracious enough to give me some time off Bravo. to uh, enjoy Christmas and things. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking of these last few days, watching all these bowl games, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, there were some bad games, some really good games, but uh, I couldn't help but look ahead to next year. And you look at the schedule, those first four games, I mean, you got Utah at home, at Tennessee, a place BYU's never played, and then you got USC and Washington. And you look at it and you're thinking, you know, you, you kind of balance that with the optimism that you, the, you know, the forward momentum that we saw after the bowl game. And then the reality is that's a really tough way to start a season. And they may be way better next year, but the record may not reflect it because of the schedule. And then I go back and think, look how wrong we were about this past season, that September. I think some people thought BYU would only win one game, they end up winning three. You just really never know. And some of these programs, I mean, USC, you look at that team, um, a storied program that just hired Cliff Kingsbury as their their offensive coordinator. Tennessee is expected to be much improved. They had a great recruiting class. Washington is just off of a Rose Bowl um, game, a loss. But uh, so you know, it's, it's just one of those fun things. That you're gonna. It'll be fun during the off season to kind of speculate because you really never know. That's what it comes down to. And that's, that's the thing. I think if you play a schedule like that, you've got to be realistic now because it happens in all those leagues. Is you're going to be lucky to go 500. And you might be about 300. And that's probably about what is expected out of teams that play a schedule like that. And, but yet, we were both in Madison, Wisconsin. We saw BYU play them toe-to-toe, dominate them in some aspects, and come out with a win. It'll be very interesting to see. Well, even Arizona, I don't think very many of us expected them to beat Arizona to start off the season with a brand-new offensive coordinator, new offense, yet they're able to do it. So it's hard to predict. 
Brandon Gurney, before we uh, wind this up, uh, what's the latest that's happening in recruiting? Let's go with football. Um, not much. I think BYU's going to kind of swing for the fences for this February signing day. The big line would be Logan Sagapolo, uh, the, the center, the offensive line prospect from from Sky Ridge High School. He's kind of the big the big uh, guy out there right now, a guy who has multiple offers. He hasn't really indicated any which way where he's leaning, but he's a mission-first kid, which automatically helps BYU's chances in that regard. I think Puka Nakua's a pipe dream. I, I'm just not seeing that. But another kid that I expect BYU to sign is a kid named Kate Albright, um, a guy that was pretty heavily recruited by Utah. He's kind of an outside linebacker type from Southern California. Outside of him, there's really hard for me to pinpoint any guys. And there, and there might be a lot of movement. I still think they're going to try to bring in a, a running back that can contribute immediately. But beyond that, I don't think there's a lot of room to offer kids. And, and I think they're pretty much done. Final word, gentlemen, and I'll go first. I think just coming off what you said, Brandon Gurney, um, Kalani has got three three non LDS recruiters on his staff in uh, in Pew, in in uh, Grimes, and in AJ Stewart. They've been given pretty well six, seven, or eight months to do their craft and 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 using their approach and their experience and their backgrounds. I don't know. I don't think it's been long enough for them to get the traction that they need. I'm I'm thinking that they might be able to, especially AJ Stewart, go and get an athlete, and um, would be listed as an athlete and bring him in as a running back and and turn that in the next thirty days. I could be wrong, but I, I would really expect and I would hope that he would be the one that would do that. Pew might be able to do it with his ties to the steep south and Grimes, of course, a native of Texas. They might be able to pull that off. I don't know. Final word, Jeff Call. Well, that, you know that's fine. That's what I was going to talk about was. BYU needs a running back. You know, I mean, they've got uh, they lose Squally, they, Squally Canada, they lose Matt Hadley. Um, Lapini Katoa showed some flashes that he could be a really good back, but he hasn't proven that he could you know be consistent and stay healthy. I don't know, Brandon. I don't. Do you think does BYU have any chance of signing anybody in February or during the offseason a grad transfer? Anybody that could come in, because we know that they had offers out to multiple running yeah. backs, and none of that panned out. They bricked, yeah. I, uh, nothing with traction right now. Um, it's still kind of a long way. We're still a month away from the from the last signing period. So, so, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see what comes about. But, but I, I do believe they need a running back. You just look at the attrition rate. I mean, if you like uh, uh, Lapini Cato or not, I, I mean, I think this year showed you need a lot of running backs, a lot of capable running backs, and they don't have that right now. And if you're counting on Ulu Tolotau, who is suspended this year, coming back. I don't know how you I, count I that. don't think that you would bet on that. Um, he's been asked to do some things. I don't think those things have been done. Don't count on him. Uh, kind of a waste of talent from East High School. It's too bad. He had a lot of potential. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Cougar Insider Podcast. We'd love to hear from you through our email at cougarinsiders at deseretnews.com. And please subscribe or download our podcast wherever you find it. We're working to deliver you the most up-to-date information on BYU Sports, and we'd love to have you join us. we also like to thank our sponsor, the, the, the Salt Lake Stallions. You can get information about the Stallions and their schedule and their team at uh, saltlakestallions.com or 833-223-2019. Thanks for being with us.